0: On how you buy. Guys, let me tell you about the Blue Cash Preferred Card from American Express. You get 6% cash back at U.S. supermarkets on up to $6,000 in purchases. We all go to supermarkets. This is useful for all of us. This means you get 6% cash back on chocolate chip cookies, double chocolate chip cookies. If you can find the elusive triple chocolate chip cookie, it applies to that too. It's cash back. Backed by the service and security of membership, start earning cash back at amexbluecash.com. Terms apply. Some of the most beautiful stories you're going to find are in documentaries. Discover a vast library of documentaries on Sundance Now Doc Club, which is a new premium service for documentaries. It's very cool. I'm a member. Like they have this thing, the writer's room. You get to look behind the curtains, see how shows are made. Shows like Game of Thrones, Breaking Bad, Scandal, House of Cards. Very, very cool. I like Brothers Keeper. Nice, grim, dark documentary, the kind I like. It's available on web, mobile, Apple TV, and Roku. Become a member. Start streaming now. Get a free month at com slash beautiful. That's com slash beautiful. Put beautiful in lowercase. Get that free month. Enjoy it. Hello, welcome, we're here Another episode of your favorite show that lets other people talk too personally in a public sphere My name is Chris Gethard and this is Beautiful Stories from Anonymous People
1: I'd rather go one-on-one I think it'll be more fun And
0: I'll get to know you And you'll get to know me Oh man you've already noticed this episode shorter than they usually are here on Beautiful Anonymous. It is our first ever hang-up. Welcome to the show. Before I talk about that, couple quick housekeeping things. People keep asking me online, how do you call in? We've never mentioned it, which is foolish. Just follow me on Twitter. I tweet out the number when I'm in the studio. Not a ploy to get you to follow me, just the honest answer to the question. Uh, another thing about this episode is I interrupt this person a lot. Uh, it makes me. You guys have been giving me the feedback. The one, the one negative thing I keep hearing is I interrupt too much. And yes, in the early episodes, the earliest calls, I was nervous. Didn't know what I was doing. This one, I really overtalked this guy, which leads me to the real thing I want to talk about: our first ever hang up. And as you will hear, the end of the episode, I, uh, I'm not sure how how I feel about that. I don't feel great, caller. I think I backed you into a corner. I apologize if you're listening. And I'm interested to hear. You guys can hear. I I go back and forth when I listen to this one. This guy seemed okay. But then again, my Catholic shame and guilt kick in. And sometimes I really feel like I I didn't do right by this caller. So that's the case, caller. I am sorry I made you uncomfortable. In the meantime, I'd love to hear your guys' feedback. You will hear my very genuine emotional reactions to the uh, hang-up afterwards. Enjoy Beautiful Anonymous.
1: Thank you for calling Beautiful Anonymous. A beeping noise will indicate when you are on the show with the host.
0: Hi, this is Chris Gethard. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for calling. What do you want to talk about? Well, I, you know, I was actually
1: uh, kind of wondering about why do you think so many people within this community uh, battle with uh, problems with addiction?
0: With addiction? It's a good question. I haven't I I just realized the other day this year will mark 15 years that I haven't had alcohol. So I definitely think that you know what I think it's weird it's uh I think one thing that I don't know why people battle with addiction but it does make sense to me that people who are addicts would enjoy going up on stages and getting an adrenaline rush like I think there's definite adrenaline that comes with that there's approval that comes with that it's definitely like a rush I think there is like when that goes well, there's a little bit of a chemical element. So I see the correlation. Like I see why people with a personality that's chasing something um, would go there. I also think the comedy world, the lifestyle lends itself to it maybe. Like, um, you know, there's a lot of times as a stand-up where you're alone on the road, you're in a hotel room for four days in a city where you don't know anybody by yourself. It can be boring and drugs are fun. Um, I don't really <laughs> use them myself, but they're fun. Like the last time I fell off the wagon, I did a bunch of MDMA in 2012 at Bonnaroo, and it messed my whole life up. But it was fun. Drugs are exciting and fun. Yeah. Um, and well, it's I, just a
1: bizarre thing too, because it's like I. You, so much of this stuff happens, I, and I'm you know uh, someone who's uh, been been you know sober myself for for a year, um, and I it's it's like this bizarre thing where it seems like this. It's like a very inviting community, but then you know, ninety-eight percent of what you know you do in like the very small, small end of this community is in bars, and it's just this, this bizarre, bizarre experience to like force yourself to surround yourself with it.
0: Yeah, a lot of times um, bars are the only things that are open when you're done doing shows, so you got to go hang out there. <laughs> but I don't know. I like being around drunk people. It's fun. It's weird. It's like I wish I was okay. I wish I was good at it because. Um, like I see my friends who don't have problems with drinking and drugs and I'm like, yeah, seems like it seems cool. Like it loosens you up for conversations, makes everybody a little more uh social and happy. Not me. I used to just drink until I was blacked out or I wanted to fight somebody. That was it. So yeah, for me, I don't know. Yeah,
1: and <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, it is like a it's like a very fun thing to do and I and I totally get it, but it's also like this bizarre thing where it just like it 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 makes me so, like, excited to, like, lie and to, like, pretend to be, like, this whole different set of people that don't even exist unless, uh, you know, I've had, like, nine shots and it's, like, this bizarre thing where I had, I had, like, I guess, put out, you know, three or four different versions of myself and playing them was really fun, but then tracking who was who at any given time became a very confusing thing.
0: Yeah. I get that, man. I get that. Same thing. And congrats on being sober for a year. That's no small task, so um oh thank you yeah thank you for that but i i don't know were you was it just drinking or were you a drug guy as well
1: i i was really just drinking i i was i'm too anxious of a person for all the other stuff it all it all anytime i tried anything else it was just it was like immediate like all i wanted to do was like go to bed and like crawl under the covers and hang out there yeah um i wish
0: there's a part of me that wishes i tried more drugs before i went sober I know
1: exactly what you're talking
0: about. I never did acid. I I never did mushrooms. I never did cocaine. I mean, I think I would be, uh, I think I probably would have been dead if I discovered any of those things, or at the very least, my brain would be severely rearranged. I always felt like with acid that uh, I was like someone with the, Recognize mental problems I have should not be messing with acid. That always seemed like a safe bet. <laughs> I got a lot of friends who tell me mushrooms are amazing. Never did those. Cocaine, I feel like it seems f- fun, but everybody I've ever seen on it seems really annoying. And I have a feeling I'd be the most annoying person if I did a bunch of cocaine. But I never did any of those. And I, I, there's a part of me that regrets it. There's a part of me that does. But, you know, then again, I'm really happy. I live a happy life, and I think being sober is a big part of it.
1: Was it was it ever a thing? Because it's 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 only like come out since I became sober that like half my family is sober and I had no idea because um, no one ever talked about it. Was it like a thing in your in your family or was it this is just like a, your own personal?
0: No, it's been a thing in my family, especially my mom's side of the family. Her dad had a big drinking problem. He was off the boat from Ireland. He showed up and. He showed up in the US in 1928. He was 18 years old and you know, if you're an 18-year-old child who's driven to get on a boat and leave behind your whole family and go across an ocean to start a new life, there's definitely some darkness there, you know, and there's a lot of drinkers and my mom has a lot of stories about like growing up in a house with all that with her father and all these aunts and uncles who just like were out of control and like fist fighting each other. A lot of crazy stuff. There's like, you know, I hope my mom doesn't mind me airing this to the world, but my dad has a story that I find very funny about when he was dating my mom, he showed up once and my grandfather tried to, he showed up to pick my mom up for a date my grandfather came outside and tried to fight him on the front lawn and my dad was like, yeah, no, I'm not going to fight my uh, future father-in-law. So there's a lot of stories that are kind of like, you know, I, I feel like being an Irish American, one of the trends that we fall into is like, there's a lot of stories that I find very funny that are actually just sad and grim um there's a lot of a lot of family tales that get passed around at holidays where we're all like ah, ha ha and then when you actually like think about the facts of those stories there's literally nothing funny about them and they're just full of human darkness so yeah that's kind of my experience like in my family I saw it and uh still you know still see it with some people and it's sad and uh I have a lot of I have a lot of family members who are sober and I have a lot of family members who fight really hard to stay sober. And I'm very proud of them when I see them fighting as hard as they do. But yeah, it was a thing I was around. It was a thing I knew about. My parents actually, my whole childhood, they never kept any alcohol in the house because of my mom's experience. She was just like, I've also, I've never seen either of my parents drunk. And I didn't see either of my parents drink until after I graduated college. Um, And I was already sober by that point. And then I'll see. My mom at weddings will have a cocktail. It will usually involve Kahlua. She'll drink something with Kahlua in it roughly (coughs) twice a year. And then my dad has referenced the fact that when my dad for a while, he worked at a company where he did like quality control um, for a pharmaceutical company. And they would sometimes send him to a plant in Belgium to check on the quality control. And he has referenced to me that he would drink beer in Belgium because the beer's good there. Never actually seen my father drink alcohol, but he has mentioned it. And I've seen my mom drink, like, you know, tiny glasses that involve Kahlua a handful of times in my life. So I think my mom was just like, I saw way too much bad stuff. So we're not even gonna chance that in our house. So even for guests, like when there were situations if we were having like a party or a family gathering, other people were expected to bring the alcohol, or alcohol would be brought bought specifically for that. Occasion, But yeah, otherwise, we had a fridge. Dude, this makes me realize we had a fridge in our basement. Have you ever seen that Snoop Dogg video where they open the fridge and it's just like 40s top to bottom?
1: I I, I know the image. It's somewhere in the back of my mind. Yeah. Yeah.
0: We had a fridge like that, but it was Yoohoo and Hawaiian Punch. My parents kept a whole fridge in our (laughs) basement full of Yoohoo and Hawaiian Punch, which I think is like bad in its own way. Um, they had no (laughs) booze in the house but if I wanted to drink three gallons of Hawaiian Punch every day totally fine totally fine
1: I gotta apologize I didn't expect to I I saw on like Twitter like a second before I called you you know that this was happening and it was the first thought that came to my mind was to just ask this question and I I didn't mean to pull you into like a a, I didn't mean to be so invasive actually Um,
0: my dude I'm gonna tell you something about me is I'm an open book We're going to pause this call. I hope you're enjoying it. But in the meantime, I've got some things to tell you about some of the lovely sponsors that help make this show happen. on how you buy. One of the most flattering things for me about hosting Beautiful Anonymous is when I see people tweet out stuff like, I want to talk to you, you know, and I bet sometimes maybe you think to yourself, wouldn't it be nice if I could have my own private it It'd be nice to just get someone to listen to you talk about your life. It's a fun thing. It's a gratifying thing. Maybe just even tell them about your day. Now we all know how tough it is to just get a friend on the phone these days. Everybody's texting, it feels like you're bothering people to call them. This is where chirpy comes in. They actually give you the convenience of renting a friend. That is right. You can rent a friend. Chirpy's the first of its kind. Chirpy has a huge marketplace of hundreds of listeners. You can rent any one of them to keep you company on the phone. It's pretty simple. Once you find a profile you like, you click a button and Chirpy's system connects both of your phones anonymously, just like this show. You don't have to hold back because it's a stranger. They don't know you. They're not going to judge. They're just there to pamper you, give you their full attention. Go to chirpynetwork.com. And use the code BEAUTIFUL when you create your account. For a limited time, you get 20 talk credits to start you off for just a dollar. That's chirpynetwork.com. Use the code BEAUTIFUL and start talking to somebody right now. Today's episode of Beautiful Stories is brought to you by FrameBridge. My old friends at FrameBridge. FrameBridge is a simple way to custom frame the story of your best experiences, whether that's vacations, life experiences like weddings. You upload stuff online. You mail them anything. Art, maps, album covers, whatever. They frame it. They send it back to you in days, fully ready to hang. And it's really awesome. They, they just framed for me. They, 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 I didn't even ask for this. They drew a picture of my enemy from the Gethard Show, Vacation Jason. They put it in a bamboo frame. It fit the theme. I was really mad about it, even though it was a beautiful framing job. I said, I don't like that vacation, Jason. Pricing starts at $39, a fraction of expensive frame stores. All shipping's free. You can even give a custom frame as a gift. They'll ship it straight to your friends and your family. few days. We've got weddings coming up, Father's Day, all sorts of things. Graduations, you get a nice gift. They, they do a great job. I can vouch for it personally. If you lived it, FrameBridge will frame it. Enter offer code BEAUTIFUL at checkout for 15% off your first FrameBridge order at FrameBridge.com. Thank you, FrameBridge. Okay, it's time to return to our call. It, I, I didn't
1: mean to pull you into like a, a I didn't mean to be so invasive, actually. Um,
0: My dude, I'm going to tell you something about me is I'm an open book. I'm a total open book. I don't care. Too
1: good of you. I am, I am not usually.
0: Okay, well, uh, you know, if you want to keep talking about this, we can. If you want to be an open book today, that's fine. You don't have to. If you want to switch topics, we can switch topics, or you can hang up the phone. Totally up to you. I feel like you called up, asked a question, and then I spoke for nine straight minutes, and I seem to have made you vastly uncomfortable with the. Uh... No,
1: no, actually, no. It's more like it's it's more it's more of a uh, like a. I kind of feel bad. Without any introduction at all, I kind of put you on the spot.
0: Hey, I asked for it. I said I'm the one who came up with the premise of this uh, of this podcast, and I like it. I, you know, I really, you know, what I like, I like people. I really like people, and I like um, I like people who from all different walks of life. So, excuse me. Like part of my whole goal with even doing this is like. Let's talk to all different people who have been through all different things and I feel like part of that contract is I better be ready to share my own things because if I'm not brave enough to share my own things, how can I ask anybody else to share their things, you know? So you got nothing to apologize for.
1: Thank you, I appreciate that. That's awesome though. I don't even know how long you've been doing the show. How long has it been going
0: for? Oh, it hasn't even debuted yet. We're just just recording the initial batch. I mean, once people hear this, they'll be like, how has it not debuted yet? I'm listening to it. So by that point, it will have debuted, but at the time, (laughs) We are recording this, I think this is what like the eighth or nine one we've done, something like that we're still in the single digits. you are in on the ground floor of this. You're setting the bar for what this thing can be. You're part of the foundational aspects of turning this into whatever it will someday become. That's very cool, so what do you think is today the day you are an open book or are we uh, are we gonna st- are we gonna are we just gonna go back and i mean forth? in general
1: i i i think I think you know i'm hey, I'm anonymous on this thing i, I <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I, am you know, kind of an open cat. It was a funny thing when you were talking about kind of your family experience and mine. The difference for me is when I, when I kind of like, you know, uh, opened up to my family about this kind of thing, I, um, I went home and I'm from Virginia Uh and there was kind of like this weird thing where a bunch of my family members were like, um, just kind of gave me like a, a silent nod. Uh, when they saw me, that seemed, seemed to have like a lot of weight behind it. And then the other half of my family was like, you know what? I, I've, I've, uh, like, was like extremely open about their their personal problems and past with all this stuff themselves. And then there's like this weird subsect of even like different family members who would come up to me with like a bottle of beer in hand and be like, hey man, I've had the same problem for a long time. Great, great that you're uh, thinking about doing something about it. And they'll talk openly about it. But but they'll they'll talk openly about it while, uh, you know, like with a beer in hand. It's very confusing.
0: Wow. Now, can I ask you something? Because I grew up in the Northeast. You grew up in Virginia. Yeah. And do your parents? Did you like? Does your family have roots in Virginia?
1: Yeah, kind of all around the like DC-ish
0: area. Now that's like the South, but it's not quite the South, right?
1: No, it's it's a weird it's a weird thing between like the three states where it's like it's like Maryland is definitely uh, they've they're they've decided they're decidedly not the South mm-hmm. and DC is not, but then there's like a there's like you cross over like two miles and suddenly everyone believes it's the South um, and kind of kind of you'll you run into lots of spots where it's like between one city to the next it's like a much more southern feel than the place you were in three minutes before. Wow.
0: So is there a southern like? I don't know. Like, you know, it's weird because we all stereotype. And as a Northeasterner, I don't know the South. But when you say this thing of like silent nods and people talking about you, talking about this issue with you while they're drinking a beer, it feels to me like there is almost like a genteel aspect or like behind closed doors aspect of problems like these that I associate with the South. But that might just be because I've read To Kill a Mockingbird a whole bunch of times. (laughs) that kind, but that's also 1930s Alabama, that's not your experience do you feel like there's like a southern side of that? Like to me, I felt like like in North Jersey, my experience was a lot of people, not necessarily with the alcohol stuff, because the alcohol stuff for me, tied into me going to therapy for the first time, and going to therapy for the first time, I feel like it was met with almost a little bit of like, what? You're doing what? Like almost like a toughness that I associate with where I grew up, of like blue collar North Jersey, of just like, you're going to You're not gonna have a drink, like you're gonna go see a shrink, like a lot of like toughness. Whereas what you described to me sounds like to me what I would expect, like a slight variation that has a little bit more of a southern flair to it.
1: Yeah, it's well. There's a lot of, I mean, I guess with with a lot of stuff, it's a lot of uh, uh, kind of unwillingness to open up. But then, then when you do, you're you're kind of it's it's a surprising amount of warmth you're met with, Um, even Uh if it is like a. Trying to think of a of a good way to put it, but it's like, um, gosh, it's 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 there's there's like there's like an obvious divide between like the people who will want to talk with you about it, and and uh, the people who will will kind of just get. I'm trying to think of that, it's hard to hard to explain actually.
0: Yeah, sometimes um, people don't want to hear about it. They don't want to face their own demons. They don't want to they don't they don't want to ask their own questions because then they got to answer them. Yeah. So let me ask you: You Is there a uh, and you don't have to answer this? It's up to you. Was there was there like a specific incident, a specific night in your life where you were like, "This, I'm done. This is too much."
1: Um, you know, with me, not not really. Actually, it was just like such a a long time. I mean, not not that long, probably, but probably like four years of just like kind of like every day. Uh, and, and, and at a certain point you just kind of like, I don't know, it was, it was, it was more of like a personal, like, kind of like getting your act together kind of a thing. Just like, uh, yeah, there's, it wasn't, there wasn't any like, you know, inciting incident or any kind of like big,
0: it was just time to go up. There wasn't it was no big
1: revelation to- moment, which I know is, is not, is not that exciting but it's just kind of the way it turned out
0: it's okay you don't have to be exciting i'm totally down if this is just uh <laughs> average and and a calm uh kind conversation that's fine too it's weird did you find like i feel like people who have like stories to point to maybe almost have it easier as far as giving it up like it actually what you're describing it sounds like it's almost harder in a way to glow sober because it sounds like there's not things that stand out where people are like oh yeah that's a good idea for me, most of my friends are like, when I quit drinking, a lot of my friends were like, yep, cool, man. Yeah, good call. <laughs> like a lot of people who had seen me drunk or drank, drank with me were like, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, we got your back on that. Whatever you need, whatever support you need, we will happily support you. Cause I I mean, the amount of times that I cried, got in fist fights, threw up, or shit my pants, was you couldn't. I mean, you couldn't count them on, on all my fingers and toes, you know? Like it was bad so it's actually but for me it actually means that I think there was a lot of visible stuff that people were respectful of the fact that when I said I was not drinking there were a lot of people who were like yes we will help you with that it sounds like it's probably almost harder if it was just sort of like a consistency uh like it was happening all the time but people it sounds like you didn't have incidents where people were like oh yeah you I woke up I came out of my house and you were uh, sleeping your underwear on my front lawn like you don't have those stories huh well,
1: I think I think the other thing is just, I, I don't know I, I I have I have like a you know everyone has their fair share of like embarrassing stories where I you know woke up the next day to find out I'd I'd you know gotten into a screaming match with like a a like a group of very nice sorority members doing community service the Whoa, next day. Is that true? Um, is that
0: a real? Is that a real example? That is a real thing. You gotta tell me that story. You have to tell me that story because well, community is, promise, service. not know. Th- well, but here's my first question. I don't know that much information you about you it. Blacked out. Pretty much. But yeah. here's my first question. Yeah, is if a if a sorority is doing community service, isn't that generally during daytime hours? It was about. I, if I was to guess the time, I would say two p.m. So two p.m. You're blackout drunk. Two, you're so drunk at two p.m that you can't faithfully remember the details of this story. So it's 2 p.m. What do you remember about harassing okay. a sorority doing something kind? They were doing community right. service. Yes. Walk me through this. This seems like a good time to take a quick break. We're going to be right back with the conversation. Believe me, we'll just be after this. If you're someone who runs a small business, you want to make sure your business runs efficiently. Time is a great commodity. You know what gets in the way of that? Constant trips to the post office. With Stamps.com, you'll be able to spend less time at the post office, more time actually growing your business. They make mailing and shipping easy. Use your own computer, your own printer to buy and print official U.S. postage for any letter, any package Stamps.com does all the thinking for you. You get a digital scale, calculates the exact postage you need, helps you decide the best class of mail. Six hundred thousand small businesses use Stamps.com. You never have to go to the post office again. I really, I, I tell you, I'm an anxiety-driven person, and the post office is built to make me have a panic attack. Anything to avoid it. I'm into right now. Sign up for stamps.com. Use my promo code beautiful for this special offer, four-week trial, $110 bonus offer, including postage and a digital scale. Don't wait. Go to stamps.com. Before you do anything else, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage. Type in beautiful. That's stamps.com. Enter beautiful. on how you buy. Thank you to all our sponsors. Let's get back to the phone call. Two, you're so drunk at 2 p.m. that you can't faithfully remember the details of this story. So it's 2 p.m. What do you remember about harassing okay. a sorority doing something kind? They were doing community right. service. Yes. Walk me through this.
1: The, all I know, for, for the most part, was that it, I was at... I was at. I was at this, like, bar restaurant that was having a, like, a brunch thing that I was at with a group of people. A
0: brunch. And so you're getting, kind of, brunch. It, you're getting blackout drunk at brunch. Yeah. You're getting blackout drunk on, like, mimosas.
1: Yeah. And so that was, that was, and that in and of itself was not totally out of the norm for me. mm mm-hmm. um, but it was a. Uh, there was some kind of like, it was something so small. It was like it was like two members of the sorority who were doing like a coat drive or, <laughs> or like a like a mitten drive thing. And I guess they were operating. There was They had like a a cardboard box in the corner of this bar, and they were so they're not causing trouble. Than,
0: it's not obtrusive. They're they're no, good not. people doing a good thing and keeping it low key.
1: So the only information I can really give you is that I know that they went around to tables and mentioned this thing to people. And what I'm assuming they said is something along the lines of just like, Hey, I, you know, have this box here. Um, and you know, we, any coats you can do or whatever. And I flipped out about people trying to like steal my coat or something like that. And, um, yeah, gosh, Oh man, it's, uh, it's given me this horrible, like feeling back in my stomach of being like hung over, even talking about it.
0: Well, I'll tell Um, you from my end, you don't have to talk about anything you want, but I am fascinated by these stories, and I'm not judging you at all, and I'm glad you're sharing. You don't have to if you don't want, but I'm glad you are from my end, because it's fascinating, because I'll tell you, my initial reaction to this is like, maybe two and a half minutes ago, I was like, so what was the story the inciting incident? And you were like, I really didn't have one, and then within moments, you told us a story about getting afternoon blackout drunk and fighting, (laughs) fighting sorority members, so that tells me that there were you you there were some times where you throw you threw down and uh and it's not it doesn't that doesn't even stand out to you that's not that doesn't even stand out which is a uh
1: yeah I was like kind of like a- per- performative jerk when it came to some of this stuff that's a great um,
0: phrase a performative jerk that's a sad state of living but a very great phrase
1: which is not which is not my active like life state, but it was like my Drunk state. Yes. I had to be the center of attention. And even though I knew I was being a jerk, I think I. That's what you needed. The attention was just an exciting thing, which actually makes. It actually goes back to the whole beginning part of like why I think I like doing. The way I enjoy doing the improv the way that I do now, sober. Um, But it's a bizarre, bizarre set of circumstances. Um, So you love the
0: attention, but maybe you were too nervous back in the day. Maybe there was some uh, self esteem issues about just getting attention for who you were so you'd have a little bit of the liquid courage. And then the next thing you know, you're uh, trying to fist fight two sorority members while uh, the people around you are eating eggs benedict on a Sunday. No physical
1: altercation. I'll bring that up.
0: (laughs) No physical altercations. Never. Not one.
1: Uh, No, actually, no. I've never been a fighter.
0: Yeah, I don't don't know if I ever got an actual fist fight when I was drunk. I do remember at one point definitely getting thrown down a set of stairs at a house I was not supposed to be inside. I do remember that. I love that.
1: Well, I'm sorry, this is, this is the worst, because I'm actually really enjoying this. Um, but I'm actually, I'm at work, and oh, wow. I am being summoned into
0: my boss's office now. You're, okay, do you want to um, hang up, or do you just want to put down the phone and I'll sit in silence until you come back?
1: I don't know how long I'll be gone, so unfortunately I think I have to hang
0: up. Okay.
1: So Chris, thank you for the talk. I've enjoyed it. Please, thank you.
0: Thanks for sharing so much um, and being so open and honest. I don't want to get you in trouble at work, but it was really nice of you.
1: Hey, thank you. I I know that I I was definitely uncomfortable for parts of it, but hey, <laughs> I you know.
0: Hey, that's what I'm here for, man.
1: <laughs> it's part of the fun.
0: Awesome. Have Thanks. a great one, Chris. Yeah, you too. <laughs> Bye. His, bo- his boss didn't come. I-, I don't think his boss came. I think I just made him really uncomfortable. Don't you? I think we went to some places he didn't want to go. I like think he wanted to talk to me about improv. And then I was like, no, somehow I got, I think I made him really uncomfortable. I feel half bad and half great, right? There's no way his boss, he was, I think he was like, I want out. I don't feel good telling this brunch thing. I don't want to relive this. I think he, I think he pieced out. I think he may be the first official casualty of, of, of me being, me being an overshare officially scared someone away for the first time. But all right, that's mission that's mission accomplished if you ask me, right? It's part of what we're here for, man. People got to own it. People got to own it. I feel bad if that guy's out there listening. I'm sorry I made you clearly so uncomfortable that you faked a boss scenario. My bad on that. I hope that guy, oh, I hope that guy's not in a bar right now. I hope I didn't know. Oh, no, he said he was feeling sick and hungover. over. Oh no. Did I did I give him like a flashback? Oh, I hope that guy's not down at the corner bar right now with the townies, throwing back shots. Oh God! Oh no! Who? Oh. <laughs> that guy didn't relapse because of that conversation, did he? I didn't cause a relapse in twenty minutes, did I? Oh, this. I like that this episode is now half uh, half a conversation and half me having a guilt driven meltdown about the repercussions of that conversation. What do you guys think, though? Do you think the boss thing was real? My in, immediate instinct was like, no way. But I'm feeling really panicky that I just caused the guy to relapse. Oh, God. You don't think he's sucking down a bottle of vermouth right now, do you? I don't know why I went with vermouth. Why would his office have vermouth? <laughs> okay. He did start it up by saying, why are so many performers prone to addiction? So he opened the door. But I think it's fair to say he... uh Started to open that door in gentle fashion, and then I acted like the fucking Kool-Aid man and sprinted face first through the door. Yeah, I came through the wall. I didn't even go through the the door. I climbed up the side of the house and came down the chimney. (laughs) Ooh, I feel feel a little bad. I feel a little bad. I hope that guy's feeling good. One year, one year, it's still tough. I'm 15 years in. It's easy for me to be like, oh, I was all fucked up. I wish I still did drugs. It's easy for me. This guy's a year in. Hope that guy's not a you know, a huffing huffing lighter fluid in a utility closet at his job right now. Hopefully, he is talking about spreadsheets and budgets and uh, whatever. Okay, all right, hmm. <laughs> Gonna stew in this, it's gonna, gonna stew in these feelings for a while, I guess. Well, that's how that went. I feel bad. I'm gonna wonder for a while if I'm a bad person. I, I you know, I, uh, it's true. As a, as a person who's been sober for many years, I I genuinely did. I forgot how hard it is to be one year in, and I think uh, if that guy, if that guy's boss was calling him, I hope you didn't get in trouble with your boss, and if you made up that boss because I was coming on too strong, I want to let you know that I I truly do apologize, and and, uh, if anybody has respect for what you're going through and how tough it can be, it's me, and uh, please, anonymous person, accept my apologies. Welcome to the comedy podcast. I want to thank Greta Cohn, the Reverend John DeLore, and Shellshag for our music. The happiest part of this episode was definitely the Shellshag intro. And uh, I'm out there in the world. ChrisGeth.com for touring dates. If you want to tell me face-to-face that I shouldn't have uh, said some of those things to a recovering person, totally fair, I'll have the conversation with you. TheChrisGethershow.com if you want info on the TV show I do. And that's that. Call in someday. I learned a lot from this one, and I promise that uh, hopefully in the future I will never again uh, across some of the lines that I may have crossed that time if I do feel free to just tell me and we'll see you next time beautiful and honest me face to face. thanks again to framebridge for sponsoring today's podcast if you lived it framebridge will frame it from vacation photos album covers handwritten notes hand-drawn doodles of your fictional enemies from your TV show. You can easily upload anything online. They'll frame it, send it back to you in days. Enter offer code BEAUTIFUL at checkout for 15% off your first FrameBridge order at framebridge.com. Next time on Beautiful Anonymous.
1: My, my heart's kind of pounding right now knowing that this could be heard by you know thousands of different people. So I'm about to, uh, I have a law exam
0: in about an hour and 15 minutes. Wait, you have a law exam in an hour? We're, now we're, we could talk, I mean, you can, you can hang up whenever you want, but a lot of these things go for an hour. Man, this is more important to me
1: than uh, the law exam. And plus, I only have to be in the room like 15 minutes before it starts, so as soon as this cuts off, I'm good to go.
0: Next time on Beautiful Anonymous.
1: Hey everyone, Scott Ackerman here, and I want to tell you that the Comedy Bang Bang show is going on tour. We're on tour right now. Me, Paul F. Tompkins, Lauren Lapkus, Neil Campbell for half of it, and Mike Hanford for the other half. And you can get in on the madness even without a ticket by following Earwolf on Snapchat. We'll be taking snaps during shows, on the road, and behind the scenes. And remember, you can hear every single live show the next day on Howl. Use the code CBBLIVE at howl.fm when you sign up, and you'll get one month for free. Thanks, and I'll see you soon in a city near you.